Johnson & Johnson has paused vaccine distribution around the country. So let's find out what's going on with Dr. Joseph Castaldo from Ohio Health Infectious Disease Specialist. Thanks, Dr. Castaldo. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, I am the. I was the uh, guinea pig on the show. I got the J&J back on March the 6th, and then the news comes out this week. Is there an overreaction to this, and do I have anything to worry about? So let's answer the first, the easy question first. You have nothing to worry about. Okay. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, what was announced was we had six women who developed a very rare type of brain clot, and all six women received the J and J vaccine. Just some context, roughly seven million doses of the J and J vaccine were given, and this was reported in six women. So what happened yesterday is really a reflection of the system in place to keep track of potential safety events. You know, the CDC, the FDA, they always err on the side of caution. And that was a decision made yesterday uh, to uh, pause. The vaccine has not been taken off the market. There's going to be an emergency meeting today uh, within the CDC to kind of take a deep dive into that. And I do hope that this vaccine becomes available again uh, because it's a great vaccine. And for a lot of people, as a one-and-done vaccine, you keep it in the refrigerator, it's easier to get out there. It, it's a godsend for us to get vaccines but, in people's arms. So but, Doc, it's a- I've had this erection for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not from the vaccine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the cases, doctor, in women uh, between the ages of 18 and 48 and with the blood clots, I mean, so is this something to do with, with perhaps hormones? Uh, maybe. We don't know yet. But you know what? Um, this vaccine is very similar to the AstraZeneca vaccine, which, by the way, has not yet been authorized in the United States, but it's being used a lot in Europe. And so we are speculating that the same mechanism uh, with the J&J vaccine and AstraZeneca vaccine is the same because they both use a cold virus uh, as their vector to uh, give your cell the information they need to make the spike protein. So what we know about the AstraZeneca vaccine is that very likely the speculative mechanism is that the AstraZeneca vaccine induces a specific type of autoantibody, which causes blood clots with platelets. So they need to do a deep dive into that. Um, that's going to be happening today. I hope the uh, J&J vaccine becomes available again. But moving forward, um, I think the damage is already done because, you know, everything related to COVID it includes vaccines is full of caveats. And um, I think in our country where we have mRNA vaccines, and we have a lot of them, if people are given the choice, they're going to have some skepticism and really pause hard with the J&J vaccine. Ohio Health Infectious Disease Specialist Dr. Joseph Castaldo has joined us. So, uh, doctor, help me out because there's so much misinformation on social media. So I'm going to give you a myth or, and you tell me if it's true or not true, okay? And if it's, if it's true, it's really no big deal because you're ultimately going to not get the virus. But there's a thought from people that if you had the virus and you were asymptomatic and you get the vaccine, you become really sick. Uh, that's false. That's completely false. Uh, there's no scientific validity to that at all. You know, COVID-19, people can't have asymptomatic infection with COVID-19. Uh, but uh, I, guess what? I can guarantee you, we don't do PCR testings when people come in to get their uh, vaccines. I can guarantee you that if we did, we would find people who had asymptomatic infection and still got vaccinated and did fine.
Okay. okay. Because there's a lot of misinformation. Like, uh, Yeah, there sure I, is. And I don't mean asymptomatic. I mean very, barely sick. You know what I mean? Like didn't lose yeah. taste or smell, didn't have a fever. There's a lot of those cases. And they're saying, well, I wasn't sick during COVID, but when I got the shot, I got a big fever. Well, that's an immune response. So, again, uh, when you talk about the vaccine immune response, there's a lot of overlapping symptoms between COVID and the vaccine immune response. However, that is not you getting COVID from the vaccine. It's an immune response. And guess what? Uh, those immune responses uh, go away after two or three days. You lay low, you take Tylenol, you stay hydrated, and not all people get immune responses. I know plenty of people who got the vaccines and had no immune responses at all. And when that happens, they always call me and say, hey, Dr. Castaldo, does that mean the vaccine didn't work? And clearly that is not the case. Uh, the presence or absence of these vaccine side effects is not an indication of the vaccine taking or not. Yeah. Hey, and the immune response isn't contagious, right? That is correct. The immune response is not contagious. Okay. Because you're not infected. You cannot get COVID-19 from the vaccines. And the vaccine Got it. Uh, immune response is not. You just feel like crap for a few days, but it has, I mean, that's just your body working overtime to fight it. That's correct. You almost feel like you have a, a little bit of the flu. Yeah. 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 Dr. Gestalda, there's, we should point out that when they did the trials, the clinical trials, that they said 95% effective where you won't get the virus. So there's still 5% because there's a lot of people out there and you see posts, well, I got two shots and I still got the virus, but I still think there's people that are still going to get the virus after the shots, correct? Absolutely. So what you mentioned right now is the results of the trial, how that performs in the real world, we don't know. But in a the Pfizer-Moderna study, what they measured was symptomatic COVID-19. The vaccine prevented symptomatic COVID-19 and 95% of people who got it. So what that really means is one in 20 people in the study who got the vaccine will still have symptomatic COVID-19. So what I tell people is if they have had COVID after they get the vaccine, the vaccine is preventing you from having a higher severity of illness, keeping sure. you out of the hospital or keeping you from dying. So what would you what would your COVID be like if you didn't get vaccinated? Chances yeah. are you would be much more sick. All yeah. right. Doc. Question. Is there a benefit, let's say, down the road where would I benefit from getting another vaccine? Can I do two vaccines, three vaccines and I'm just that much or better off every six months? We got to get a new vaccine. Yeah, so we don't know that yet. And you go, those headlines are out there, both for Pfizer and Moderna. They yeah. said that at six months, you still have a fantastic antibody level. Right. But at seven months, that antibody level is still there. It doesn't go away. So when your immunity wears off from the vaccines, it's a gradual process. It doesn't stop at six months. You still have immunity for what's been studied after six months. So look, when it's all said and done, we still have to be transparent and let people know this. Um, we still have to study with the vaccines how long the immunity lasts. The other wild card in the whole situation are the variants. And uh, with what's going on worldwide, outside of the United States, uh, COVID is a hot mess. Numbers internationally are going in the wrong direction. So with that much yeah. infection, there's still going to be variants going on. So very likely, we will require some type of booster. Is it going to be one year like a flu shot? Is it going to be every other year? We don't know yet, but stay tuned for those answers. Hey, uh, Dr. Gastaldo, here's one for you, and it involves people who already had the coronavirus and the antibodies. And I know a few people that 
caught it last year and got an antibody test before they flew because they just wanted to make sure they still had the antibodies and they did. Do we know in research right now, and it could be safe to say maybe nine months, but how strong the antibodies are in your system if you already had it? Yeah, it's a good question. So we know most people who get COVID, the vast, vast majority of people who get COVID have a degree of immunity for a period of time. Many studies are out there that have investigated this. I've seen some studies six months, some studies nine months. Uh, The honest truth is we really don't know. Plus, the antibody tests that we have that we measure people, those are not meant to be used as a marker of immunity. Um, they, they, they are all different. They perform differently. So officially speaking, the, the guidance on people who have had COVID, if you have had COVID, you have a level of immunity for a period of time. We don't know how long, right? but you should be vaccinated. If you have had COVID six months ago or three months ago or a month ago, as long as you are no longer contagious and you're out of isolation and you are clinically improved and feeling better from your COVID-19, you can get vaccinated. Now, I want to be transparent with you people and let them know this. Since you have previously had COVID, when you have your first vaccine, you are going to have vaccine side effects because your immune system's already been revved up to be able to recognize the spike protein. So we want people to know that so they can expect uh, what's going to happen when they get their vaccine. And they're not going to lose their natural antibodies by getting the vaccine. No, absolutely not. If anything, we know people who have had COVID who still get the vaccines, their antibody levels and their immunity goes through the roof. So really, you get more protection if you privilege the COVID and you get the vaccine. Makes sense. Hey, what's the your best guess? The numbers are still 2000 in Ohio, even though roughly 30 percent have been through the process. Maybe even more. I might be off with the numbers. But what's the best? We're still 2000 numbers. Any any idea why the numbers are so high? Well, the numbers are high for a lot of reasons. COVID fatigue, people are, are tired of dealing with all this. People have spring fever. Uh, people are traveling more. When people travel more, we know there's more COVID that goes throughout the country. And then the other thing that's going on, too, are the variants. Uh, the most predominant strain of COVID-19 out there is the more contagious variant that was first identified in the United Kingdom. We need to respect variants. We need to study variants. However, people need to know this. The vaccines that we're given to people give you great protection uh, against this more contagious variant. So it's multifactorial. We need to get vaccines into people's arms and ask for people to be patient, continue as is uh, for the time being. But, you know, we need to get back to a, a new, better normal. And our pathway to doing that is to getting vaccines into people's arms. And yep. then and then once people we reach that herd immunity, because there's a lot of uh, you know, discussion where if I get the shot, I still got to wear my mask. I think a lot of people are wondering, well, why, then why did I get yeah. the vaccine if I still got to wear a mask? Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of that has to do with the variants. You know, the CDC is very conservative uh, and they um, are doing that. However, let's talk about really full vaccination. As time goes on and we're seeing it, the CDC is changing their guidance on what things people can do who are fully vaccinated. So, right. If you are if you are fully vaccinated and you have a high risk exposure to COVID and you're asymptomatic, you don't have to quarantine again. How wonderful is that? If you are fully vaccinated, you can be together in a private setting with other people who are fully vaccinated quite safely without having to wear a mask or physically distance. That's awesome. The CDC, um, you know, they had a little mixed messaging a couple of weeks ago when they were talking about traveling. So officially speaking, uh, on, on the same day, the CDC 
director was on the news saying that still the CDC were not recommending uh, widespread travel. But then uh, 10 seconds later, the CDC director, who, by the way, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, I have a lot of respect for. She's awesome. She's an infectious disease doctor. She also says that if you are fully vaccinated, you can travel safely. So, again, we need to. Yeah, that's not helping. (laughs) No, it's not helping. I don't want to say incentivize people, but we need to let people know as you get fully vaccinated, we are going to see a gradual de-escalation of mitigation practices. And it's happening. And we need to tell that to people so, so they know that. Yeah. Well, boy, what a great great segment of information, Doctor. Good stuff, man. We had to clarify. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you.